Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt, and right now we're in the second month of our nationwide, semi-nationwide, some states, uh, quarantine. And by now, if you haven't noticed, a lot of people are starting to get real antsy, starting to protest. It's okay to protest. You have every right to do so. But for the circumstances going on with the virus and how it's being transmitted, a lot of these protests are being held in large groups and standing people next to each other no face masks if you want to hear them i mean some some of their reasoning is understandable they they're tired of being a tired of being at home b not working a lot of ones here and there are believing that this is a hoax that's all fine if you want to believe all those reasons you have your right to but for some of these people, if you try to sit down with them and talk to them rationally, they start throwing tantrums. And that's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about tantrums. Because not only am I dealing with tantrums with my kids on a somewhat daily basis, I mean, it's not their fault, but it happens. But now you're seeing these adults who are involved in these protests or involved in these arguments about their political ideologies. And seeing an adult throw a tantrum is a little funny because, A, you're an adult. You should know by now how to control your emotions and feelings, but it's not that way for everybody. It happens. A little funny, but it happens. So I've done research on tantrums and why kids have them, why kids don't. And it's pretty much been kind of straightforward. And everything that I've been researching, I've been trying to adapt into how I deal with my kids or I help them get over whatever they can get through. So these tantrums can happen at any moment for any reason at any given chance. They could just be hanging out, playing with each other. You say one little word to them as a no or I'll get to it later and boom. Screaming tantrum starts happening. Uh, tantrums are they're common from the ages of one to three. But I have seen these tantrums happen to you know older kids. Even now these adults that I'm talking about it. But you have to ask yourself, why did they happen? And from what I found out, they, and what I found out and what I actually seen is they happen because the children's social and emotional skills are only just starting to develop at this age. At this time between one and three, well, depending on your kids, like my kids, they're, oh, kid, they're a little bit on the behind of the talking, but it's there. These tantrums, they don't, they don't have the words to express what they want or how to lay these emotions out so you can understand and well as of as a mirror if you want to look at it you can look at it as how we all pretty much grown up and been through these tantrums it's something that bonds us together when you're raising a kid or we've all had tantrums and it's part of this learning curve that we just have to get through they're just one way for like young kids to express and manage your feelings it's not the prettiest especially to the parents or anybody around you get that high-pitched scream right in your ear and just gets you. But really, in a sense, not their kids' not the kids' fault. They're, it's all a learning curve. The adults, 
that's something else. But <laughs> I mean, a small example is when you tell a kid to do something, they don't want to do it. It could be time for a tantrum. They could sometimes, they just don't want to process what you want to say and they want to do their own thing. And then boom, tantrum starts current coming up, screaming, kicking. Um, I had my kids, well, one, one did it. And then the other one started doing it recently is. They drop down on the floor like they just been told the worst news on life. They start screaming. And this scream or this cry is kind of like a, how can you betray me? <laughs> it's a little funny to watch because you could tell when a kid really cries because it's genuinely hurt. They're fake crying or they just they just do it just to do it. And it's one of those fake crying. It's Honestly, they can win an Oscar for doing it, but it's funny. And But my kids, they start... They like they go down on the floor and with their forehead they hit the floor as a kind of like a little mini punishment. I mean that's when you kinda of gotta step in and you gotta to try to talk to them and sometimes when they're screaming and crying, you just gotta wait out the screaming and crying before you can actually get a word to their ear. So I mean it's little things here and there you gotta kinda of jump in and do it. But if not, hey. So what so what are some of the things that causes these tantrums? Well, from my research, a lot of what I found is either stress, hunger, tiredness, and overstimulation. Or they have an issue they can't cope with, like with another kid taking away their toy. Some stronger emotions like anger, fear, or something we adults can easily navigate, sometimes without hesitation. But we're looking at these at these kids through our, our eyes and we got to we got to remember that they're they're still learning, they're still growing up. So we got to give them the benefit of the doubt as much as we can. Give them give them a little break here and there. So when I look at my kids and, and this general question is what as us as parents, us as adults, what can we do to tackle these problems head on and why should we? From what I've seen is what I've experienced is one of the worst things you can do when a kid's throwing a tantrum is to match your temper with one of your own. I've been guilty. I've done it a couple times because it's just a natural instinct, I guess. Or sometimes you, it, it, it's like them. You get caught on the wrong day. You're stressed. You're tired from work. Something's going on. And the last thing you want is for your kid to kind of throw this temper tantrum in your ear and start yelling and screaming. And sometimes your natural rebuttal is to do it right back to them. But, I mean, if they start screaming, don't scream yourself to try to get your point across. They're not going to listen. My kid is my kid is stubborn and hard-headed, just like I am. So, in the process of him screaming and yelling, he's not going to want to listen to what you're going to say. You kind of just got to wait it out a little bit. Sometimes they may cry themselves for however amount of time to realize that, you know, it's not worth it. Or sometimes you really got to go close to them and try to console them my wife is really good at doing this and that's where i picked up some of her like detantrum skills i mean so all thanks to her so if they scream don't don't scream they're just not going to listen again spanking a kid during the mid tantrum is only one way to make them tantrums even worse and not only that they just won't learn from it the only thing they're going to learn is to be fearful the next time a similar situation comes up and the first thing that they're going to think of is you hitting them. And that just starts creating this complex. And it starts creating this mental strain on the kids. It's something you don't, you want to avoid. And during the research, I'm doing my 
my checklist and my steps. And as I'm coming across trying to help the things for my kids, it's it's a big reflection of what I went through as a kid. So whenever I threw a tantrum or acted out, it was always met with either a scream, yell, or some kind of banking, physical abuse, whatever you want to call it. So it just built my kind of resentment towards my family or towards my uncle. And it's something I don't want to develop with my kids. They're early. They're one and three. And I mean, I don't want to have that relationship with my kids. So it's important for me to kind of research things and kind of get in that mindset of trying to better myself for them. I mean, as a parent, you're just there to help them along the way. So, I mean, that's your job. Do your job. (laughs) Um, So one of the other, I guess, another downside to the tantrum If you talk to somebody from an older generation, they might disagree and say it's one of the best things when a tantrum is growing through is spanking them during the tantrum. And that honestly, that can only lead to the tantrum not happening in the future, but not because they they grew and they understand their problem is why too or why not. It's just basically out of fear. So instead of teaching the kid, you're just teaching them how to how to fear and how to just not do it because. They don't want to get hit. So you're not really getting anything across to them. Personally, how do I handle it? Sometimes it's frustrating because any any little small thing can set my kids off. And something as easy as telling my son or my daughter, like, you know, one second, I'll do it right now. And that's it. They could just blow off and start, you know, screaming, crying, doing their thing. But it's, it's just important to remember that the kids are impatient, especially at their early age. They're still learning. They don't know their do's and don'ts. So just bear with them whenever you can. I mean, it's another thing you got to remember, too. These kids don't grasp the concept of time or they don't know what a second means. They don't know what, you know, I'll do I'll, I'll do it real quick. It's either instant or nothing. So what I do is it takes practice. And sometimes my wife looks at me and, like, she says I she can't do what I do. And it's just you got to stay taunt. You got to stay you got to stay calm or at least pretend to. And what I mean by that is even though you you want to like grab your hair and start pulling it out or yelling or I don't know, doing the Homer Simpson and running and yelling. I mean, you just got to keep that in and just kind of digest what's going on. Just look at them because if a kid's throwing one in public or just, you know, just in front of you and they're crying, screaming, throwing, the, throwing their hands, you just got to think like, A, they're not hurting you. And then B, they're only doing this to themselves and eventually they're going to stop. And especially too, if the reasons are, are a little bit not, not a reason to have one, you just got to wait and tell them like, you know, dude, just wait, you know, was it worth it after they're done crying? And then that's your moment to just kind of step in and start talking to them and teaching them. But you know, like I said, stay calm. If you need to take a moment for yourself, go ahead and do that. Nothing wrong with you getting up, walking around or going to another room. It's one of the best ways to kind of do it. And once you start being able to see how your kid, the, the beginning steps of your kid's tantrums, then you can start preparing yourself and kind of derail it. Um, don't get angry. I mean, if you do, it'll just make the situation harder for both of you guys. It'll just cause stress for them and importantly for you. Remember, when you speak to them, keep your voice at a calm level that they could kind of acknowledge and get in touch with their feelings. I mean, for an example, like kind of acknowledge whatever happened and, you know, kind of reiterate to them. Let's say like the kid's ice cream fell down and boom, they start crying or they're very upset. Just kind of, you know, 
acknowledge the moment that just happened by like you know saying like you know it's very upsetting when the ice cream falls out of your cone isn't it and if you get them to agree with you then you can start boom building on this anti-tantrum clause <laughs> i mean but just by talking slowly it kind of gave your your child a, a help and a tool to kind of prevent the behavior from getting more out of control and it gives your child a chance to you know stay calm and kind of re- reset themselves the same situation could happen at any moment, you know, within their previous tantrum. And sometimes they may stop and think about it and maybe not even do it. Uh, another way that I do it is by waiting out the tantrum. Stay close to your kids so, you know that, so they know they're there. But, you know, don't try to reason with them or distract them. Sometimes they're just going to you know, throw the tantrum. You just got to let it play out. I mean, once it starts, it starts, and it's too late to you start, you know, trying to intervene or try to yell or talk, however, you know, however you're going to approach this. It just happens to happen. You just got to write it out. Some may take a couple of minutes. Some may take a couple of seconds. If you had a kid like my kid who we were trying to, <laughs> we were trying to have him sleep in his own crib. And growing up, for me, for my example, for my family, it was, you know, let the kid cry it out. So that's what we thought, too. Put him in the bed. Eventually, he'll cry himself out. I think my son, the longest he took him was an hour to cry himself to sleep. And it wasn't even he cried himself to sleep. He just sat there and just stayed, kept looking at me. So the whole sleeping in the crib thing didn't work. <laughs> I mean, but every kid's different. Hopefully, you get a kid that within seconds or at least a couple of minutes, the, the tantrum is put out or at least stop. I mean, but, you know, you got to take charge when you need to. If it happens because your child wants something, don't give him what he wants. Because if he keeps doing that and he keeps going to tantrums because he wants stuff, whenever he whatever he wants things now, it's gonna throw a tantrum. It's not gonna learn anything. It's not gonna have the kid use their words. I mean, so for an example, it happens to me all the time recently. I don't know why, but if your child doesn't want to get out of the bath, it might be safer to just pull the plug and just let him, you know, wait the water out. We do that with our son. It usually helps, but other times when we tell him, you know, it's time to get out. He'll start yelling, yelling, throwing a tantrum, and starts crying. And it's just a big headache sometimes. So you got to find little moments. It's like they say, you got to choose your battles wisely. And you got to de escalate the situations to prevent them as much as you can. Like our kid doesn't like getting out of the bathtub. So what we do is we go in there and tell him, hey, you know, five, 10 minutes. Again, he doesn't know the concept of time. He'll just look at you like, okay. But what you do is you pull the bath stopper out, whatever you want to call it. So I'll just tell him, like, when the water goes low, that's when it's time to go out. So it's something like that that they can visually see and get in their mind. So when it does happen, they're a little bit prepared for you. So when you go in, you tell them, okay, time to get out. Hopefully, they're a little bit more cool about things. But it takes practice. It's not going to be in an instant. And they have a wife that's better than me like mine. So I'll be real quick. Um, I mean, thank God for my wife sometimes. Coping with tantrums. Dealing with tantrums, they can be very, very draining and stressful as, as a parent. Even if you're not a parent, if you're an aunt, uncle, or godparent, and you've dealt with your kids and been through one of these, take a lot out of you. Or even if a kid that's randomly in the street and for some reason they're in your proximity and they start throwing one and just being there in that little death zone in there, it could take a lot out of you. 
I mean, but you might feel like you just need to step away. Go in the other room. Take a deep breath. Close. I mean, go in the other room. Go closing the door for a couple of minutes. It's not. It's not a bad reflection on you as a parent. It's just. It's good to kind of just take yourself out and have this coping mechanism that's gonna help you. So I found some ideas of keeping calm and keeping things in perspective. So one of them is trying to develop a strategy for a tantrum. Have a clear plan for you and how to handle the tantrum in whatever situation you're in. Concentrate on putting your plan into action when the tantrum happens. Accept that you can control the child's emotions or behavior directly. You can only keep your child safe and guide his or her behavior so tantrums are less likely to happen in the future. Sometimes you got to accept when a change is about to happen. I mean, your child's growing up, tantrums aren't going to last forever. They're like I said, they're little speed bumps. So developing and practicing, you know, self-regulation skills is a lifelong task. What does that mean? A little example I use when my son's crying or when he's going through his thing. We try to tell him, take deep breaths and we do it with them. Deep breath in, deep breath out. And by doing that, it takes his focus away from crying and throwing his fit to focusing on his breathing. And you got to keep doing it with them. And it starts, it starts calming down. It starts, you know, relaxing. And you know, that's your turn. Your turn to try to talk him down. I mean, so you got to remember these children don't have tantrums deliberately. I mean, some might doing doing things to get their way. Some might do that, but for the most part. They're just stuck in a, either in a bad habit or just they don't have the skills right now to cope with, you know, whatever situation comes comes up. I mean, sometimes even for the other older kids, keeping a sense of humor might help. I mean, but don't laugh at the tantrum. If you do, it might. I mean, if you do, it might reward your child's, you know, with the attention. And sometimes throwing their tantrum, it's, it is for the intention and in a bad way. If that makes any sense. I mean, when you have, when you have an older kid, you could try to joke around with them, you know, once everything is, you know, subsided. But don't try to laugh at them when it's actually happening. I mean, I think I've done that one or two times, and it's kind of bad on my part. But, you know, everything's everything's a work. I'm not afraid to admit it. I mean, I'm not a perfect parent. Some things that I do come from my past and how I've seen older people deal with kids. So it's not going to be... An exact pretty picture but i know that so i try to better myself because i want to stray from what my family does and keep that circle of death i don't know how do you call it i just don't want to be like my family so i'm trying my really my really really trying my best so luckily i have my wife to kind of just call me out and not call not call me out but to help me and that makes any sense. It should, but you know, you have a good partner. That they're, that's what they're gonna do, and help you become a better you. Especially if you're a parent too. They're trying to help you know different parenting skills or different disciplines. Don't take it to heart. Just be an open mind and accept what you know, whatever you could get in. <clears throat> and one of the last things is when the kids having a tantrum in public. You're gonna get dirty looks from people, and you might even get some kind of under the mouth little remarks for the love of god just ignore them <laughs> because i mean you, you can get embarrassed by them but 
you don't want that stress and that unwanted like kind of not a, not a resentment but this little like you know it's his kid's fault to start you know coming to play in your head this happened to me once when we were at disneyland and we we're getting a, on a line for a ride of course because they're all lines but my son started throwing a fit and he was full body out in my arms throwing himself kicking his legs throwing his hands up throwing his head and his scream my son's scream is like a shriek that I don't know how his, you know, vocal decibels just hit the right spot. Like, if you could imagine, like, his little sound wave with the tiniest little, like, sharpest point leaving his mouth, escaping to the air, somehow finding your way in your inner ear canal, and just pinching, like, the perfect spot. That's that's my son's little, like, cry and scream. He gets that from his mom because my wife is loud and I'm a little bit more on the quiet side, so haha but (laughs) he does that so that's happening to me when i'm you know a couple inches away from him everybody around in that little radius is going to hear it and they're going to turn and obviously they did but you got to ignore them pretend like nobody's around you and just focus on the kid it's hard sometimes it's not once you've been through it a couple of times you just get used to it and people are going to look they're going to stare but oh well you're not you're not living your life with them. You're living your life with your kid. You're teaching your kid. You're not teaching these other people. And yes, sometimes when they throw a fit, you kind of want to try to have them stop so they don't, you know, ruin other people around you. <clears throat> ruin the other people that is around you their time, but their kids, it's going to happen. Before I was, before when we were single, well, not single, but parentless. Am I saying parentless, kidless? Before we had kids, um, it was a little annoying to hear these kids kind of scream in the theater, especially or out in a public place or a restaurant. But when you're a parent and that happens to you, it's kind of a it's one of those moments where like your grandma might tell you like just wait till it happens to you, and sure enough, it does happen to you, and you kind of get a new understanding and a new appreciation for that parent that you've seen with the you know with their hair all frizzed out and had this major stress looked on them and their kids just throwing a fit screaming and you're kind of going to give them a little applause when that happens to you because i don't know when it does happen to you you might have different reactions or different uh <laughs> different looks to you but i mean it's part of the circle of life it all happens to us it's going to happen to us and you know we grow from it So I just want to say thanks for listening to this. Follow me on Instagram at Parenting Unknown, all one word. Or if you want to now, you can follow my personal page, which is Matthew12, all one word. One two is spelled O-N-E-T-W-O if you, know, you try to put in the numbers. But, I mean, feel free. I'm always posting about my kids now. Well, more now. Um, and if you have any questions, any comments, you know, feel free to message me for any little thing. I mean, I'm open book. Doesn't always have to be about parenting. It could be about you know personal things in your life, political climate. Don't matter. Just anything. If you, whatever you need, uh, whatever you need it off your chest, feel free to. Do want to say thanks again, and by hope by the time you listen to this, you're in good spirits. And I know this little, we get a little bit better news with this quarantine, hopefully. So, thanks again.